Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Laura Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before I introduce our special guest, I just want to say I hope that you've been able to listen to our most recent episodes with Dana Bird, who is raising awareness for premature births using her own personal story, and Jessica Phillips, who is making a difference with her nonprofit that she started in Africa called The Story Changers. If you have gleaned any value from our amazing guests so far, feel free to reach out and send me information at liptalknation.com and let me know if anything has resonated with you so far. I want to hear how you all are living your life in purple. On our show today, we have a sought-out international speaker, entrepreneur, founder of Inspiraction.ca, and is head engagement officer with Simon Sinek at Start With Why. Stephen Shedletsky has a mission in life to engage people in meaningful ways so that we live in a more fulfilled world. He spends most days speaking and facilitating individuals, teams, and organizations to find, clearly articulate, and live their why. He is also the co-host and co-producer of the Start With Why podcast. Stephen loves serving those inspired by the movement to inspire and live in service to others. He is definitely living a life in purple. But before we get into all of this, I want to give a huge welcome to Stephen Chedletsky. Welcome to Life in Purple. How are you today? Thank you, Laura. I'm, I'm loving your energy. It is nothing short of contagious. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you in, in Life in Purple Nation. Oh, absolutely, Stephen. Again, I just want to reach out and say I am so thankful that you agreed to do this interview. I know Lip Talk Nation is going to glean so much value with your purpose, your cause, and all that you are doing. So before we get into all the questions, Stephen, I would love for you to tell us maybe where you're from and how you got your start. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm from Toronto, Canada, born and raised. Went to uh, university a couple hours uh, out of the city, but I I got my start I think as so many of us did from the help of others. I started my career and thought that I was going down a path where I was going to be successful. Uh, if you looked at the checklist of what success is, stable job, you know, living comfortably, you know, all those were were, were checked off except for this thing called feeling successful, feeling fulfilled. And um, I started my career, and the after about four or five months of that honeymoon phase, I finally stopped convincing myself that I was enjoying my job. The company that I first joined went through a merger and acquisition, 
and it was a 12,000 person company. And on my first day, a thousand people were let go. And so I like to say that I'm still waiting for my office tour. It, it never really happened. And um, I entered a tumultuous corporate working environment. I was part of a leadership development program, an accelerated management program. And I was really excited because I love this thing called leadership. The only issue and one of the issues we have with our English language is that sometimes we say a term, but we may define it in different ways. And the way that the organization I had joined defined leadership was different than my own definition. They defined it more as authority and title, which, uh, which was not my definition. My definition of leadership was service to others, was positively influencing the lives around you, having an organization that exists not just for the bottom line, but to do good in the, wor- in the world for other human beings. And um, my entry into the working world was, was pain, was depression. I didn't want to go get out of bed in the morning. I didn't want, you know, when I did get in the car, oncoming traffic looked really appealing. And I'm not kidding. I literally did not want to go to work. And it wasn't until a mentor shared Simon Sinek's Start With Why Golden Circle talk that things started to change for me. The first impact was that I actually realized I hated my job even more. That wasn't the intention of, of, of my mentor. And fortunately, through a number of fortuitous events and frankly, luck and good timing, I met Simon in person in Toronto. He gave a talk at a conference here. I actually went to go hear Malcolm Gladwell speak, who's another amazing author. And Simon spoke just before him. I didn't even realize Simon was speaking at this conference. And I bumped into Simon in the hall afterwards, and he was still on LinkedIn at the time. I now manage his LinkedIn page as part of my job. And uh, just right time, right place, I connected with his team. And, you know, the the message was, you're either going to do this with us or without us, and we hope it's with us. And over the past, gosh, about five years, I've fortunately been able to do it with them. So my start was definitely helped by a lot of mentors and Simon Sinek and, and a number of the members of our amazing team. Stephen, you just shared a lot of information with us. And first of all, thank you so much for being open with us and sharing your vulnerability because you expressed that you did have this corporate job where your definition of success was or being a leader wasn't the same as the corporation that you joined. And you mentioned that you had pain and depression and even oncoming traffic was appealing to you. That's a huge thing to admit, first of all, Stephen. So thank you. Lip Talk Nation, I hope you grab a hold of what Stephen is about to tell you in the next answers, because I believe that he has conquered the negative talk in his head and having the right mentors already that you mentioned, Stephen, talking about being in the right place at the right time. So it sounds like you've may have had a passion to help others your whole life, but how did, or can you tell us how your passion to help others began? Yeah, well, first off, it's it's human. Every one of us is born with the capacity to serve others, and it actually is what makes us human. It, what, it's, we're, we're designed as social animals, so we are designed to help one another for our common survival and thrival. That's how we're designed, by God or by, by biology. That's how we were intended, and that's how we're designed. And so I'm a huge believer that every single human being, no matter any of their health, anything of their race, gender, anything, every single human being has a gift, has a talent, has a genius. And the opportunity for everyone, especially as you're younger, but everyone, 
is to work on crystallizing what that is for you. Most of us, by the time we're about 20, 20 years old, can really discover it and begin to own it. And it's so funny because as we discover it, we're blind to it. We feel like, well, doesn't everyone else have this superpower? Doesn't everyone else think this way or do this in that way? And the answer is no. We each have our own strengths. And my strength happens to be around communication. I love doing it. I'm the type of guy that I literally will go into the shower and will think about how to perfectly word emails or perfectly write something or think of a blog post or how to say something. That's what I do. And up until, you know, not so long ago, I thought that everyone just did that. But apparently that's not the case. I still find it hard to believe that when people are driving or in the shower, they're not thinking of how to perfectly word things. So that's just how I'm wired. And so every one of us has our own version of that, doing a process like a why discovery, which is working with other people to help realize when you feel most alive and when you've had the biggest impact on, on people around you. Uh, and doing assessments like Strength Finder 2.0, which is a great one, gives you your top five strengths. I first really experienced my strengths coming alive and being used for good when I was in a class at college. It was an advanced presentation skills class. And my professor was this guy from New Zealand, an older gentleman. He's in his 70s now, a guy named Dennis Shackle. He's an amazing professor and was one of my first mentors. And when I was a kid, and I can speak more about this later on in the episode perhaps, but I overcame a stutter. I had a speech impediment, and I still do at times. Um, oddly enough, I've married a speech therapist, which is pretty funny, but she will help and her friends will help our kids who will undoubtedly have a stutter. That's another point. Um, but it was in this class where Dennis, after the first class, showed us uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. He showed us a, a video of that, just a snippet. And he said, your assignment for next class, should you choose, is to deliver a talk with as much, if not more, passion than Martin Luther King Jr. And I remember I was sitting on the right side of, of this auditorium-type classroom with about 35 or 40 students in it. And it was as if he was speaking right to me, and I was just hit with a moment of clarity that I had to tell this room of students who were just as terrified of speaking as I was that I overcame a speech impediment, that I overcame a fear of public speaking, and that if I could do it, they could too. And it was the first time that next class that I shared something that, A, I shared something so personal and vulnerable of something that I had overcome, but more importantly, I shared it not for me, but for them. I shared it to be of service to them, to the people in that room. And that was the first time that I really felt that I was serving others and I was hooked. I was addicted. And from that moment on, I knew that I wanted to do that in some way, shape or form for the rest of my life. Okay, Stephen, I got to talk to Lip Talk Nation a little bit right here because of all the value and the vulnerability you just shared with us. You talked about having a speech impediment and being in this class where you were you were called to deliver a speech that was even more passionate than Martin Luther King Jr. And so that really sparked an interest for you to conquer that. And I want Lip Talk Nation to understand how you decided, how you chose to work through it. And then after you did it, you discovered that it was something that you wanted to continue doing and how your passion is growing. Lip Talk Nation, some of you out there have a passion and you haven't quite fulfilled it. He mentioned at the beginning of this answer, that we were all designed as humans 
to do something, to do something good, to serve others. And we don't discover that until we're 20, yet we're blinded. Stephen, thank you for pointing this out to us. And I cannot wait again for you uh, and your answers coming up in the next questions. You are really inspiring, Stephen. And what you and Simon are doing with Start With Why um, is one of the things that is really powerful to me. And that's what caused me to want to move on and discover my passion. So will you explain to the listeners what your mission means to engage people in meaningful ways so that we live in a more fulfilled world? So that, that is my why. Um, that's my cause. That's my purpose. That's why I love getting out of bed every day, every, every morning is to bring that to life in whatever way that I can. And I'll, I'll just piggyback on what was shared in the previous answer as well, Laura, that it's, it's by the time we're about 20 years old that we can discover this. Um, we are designed as human beings to live in service to others, and that's something that we can do very young. Um, but by the time we're about 20 years old, we've, we've had enough life experience to start to notice the pattern of when we felt at our best, when life has been most meaningful. And it's the patterns and the themes that occur across those experiences in our life that can help us point to what our why is, what our, what our purpose, what our cause is. So that's mine. Um, I think it's valuable to share Simon's because that's the why of our team and that's the why of, um, you know, our contribution to this movement to inspire others. So Simon's why is to inspire people to do the things that inspire them so that together we can change our world. And the change in the world that we're most inspired to contribute toward um, right now is the world of work, because that's how we feel we can have some of the biggest uh, impact in the world. But we, we envision, we imagine a world in which the vast majority of people wake up every day and they feel inspired to go to work, inspired to go to the job. They feel that they are safe and valued and feel that they belong where they work, and they come home at the end of each day feeling fulfilled, feeling as though that they are making a difference in the lives of others, that their work matters. And we feel that if enough people feel that and do that, and enough organizations create context where people create environments where people can feel that, we will change our world. Um, and so my why sits within the nest of the why of our organization. My why, which is based on my life experiences of when I've been at my best, and one example is that experience in Dennis Shackle's presentation skills class. My why is to engage people in meaningful ways so that we live in a more fulfilled world. It's similar to Simon's and is in relationship to Simon's, which makes sense, but it is unique in my own right. I have my own unique contribution to contribute towards the movement that Simon is a part of, of leading. Um, and it's a concept that we call nested whys, that within an organization, there's an overarching strategic why, which is Simon's why as our founder. Uh, and as our visionary. But my why lives within it, and it makes sense because the things that I'm tasked to do on our team, my what, if you will, of the Golden Circle, my job function or title, is around social media engagement and communications internally and externally. Part of my role is a culture captain. We call it a, a bell ringer and a whistleblower to make sure that we are living in line with the message that we preach, that if we don't live it on the inside of our team, what's the point of preaching it in the first place? We have to live it. Uh, and then, of course, I get to have the honor of doing things like this, speaking uh, with you and, and other audiences to share, to be a messenger of the movement to inspire. 
And so I love how my why fits into the why of our, of our organization. And I get to do things in my own right to see that Simon's why and our vision of the world progresses. Absolutely, Stephen. I love your why, and I also love uh, Simon Sinek's why. And I'm still reflecting right now on how a 20-year-old, you can be 20 years old and have enough experience in life that you can discover your why and live it out. But I want to know how difficult it is, or will you describe how important it is to define your why, Stephen? So the, the, the thing with the why is, and if you've watched Simon's TED Talk on how great leaders inspire action, he shares this. And if you go to our website, you can download a free PowerPoint slide deck that gives a really deep dive of all of the, the concepts of the Golden Circle. The, the Golden Circle is comprised of what, how, and why. What on the very outside, how on the middle, and why at the very center of the ring of the bullseye. And the what part correlates to a part of our brain, the outset of our brain called the neocortex. The neocortex is responsible for all of our rational thinking. Um, it makes us amazing data crunchers, fact and, and data crunching figure amazing <laughs> human beings and intellectuals. It's also responsible for all of our language. The inside of our brain, which equates to the how and the why portion of the golden circle, is it correlates to the limbic brain. The limbic brain is responsible for our emotions and our decision-making, but it has no capacity for language. This is why if you're in a long-term committed partnership and you love someone, I ask you, why do you love that person? And your initial response is, uh, I don't know, or, hmm, that's a hard question. It's like, really? This is someone who you've committed to be with for your entire life, and the best thing you can squeeze is, uh, I don't know. But of course we do know, we can feel it, we know the essence of why we love that person, but it's very hard to put into words. And the reason is, is because the part of our brain that controls our emotions and decision making, in other words, the place where our values and beliefs, our why is from, is not connected with our neurology to the part of our brain that's responsible for our language. So when we struggle with it and we say stuff like, they're my best friend and I trust them and I love them and they're so beautiful, and there's no difference between describing your life partner and a golden retriever. None. Nothing. And we, and we even say stuff that makes no complete sense, like they complete me. Like, what does that mean? Like, they have a right arm and a right leg, and you have a left arm and a left leg, and together you're one? No, it makes no sense. But as we can continue to reflect, and we talk about the stories of why we love this person, we can begin to get a sense of what that essence is and put it into words. And this is the value of articulating your why. Your why is your cause, purpose, or belief. It's who you are at your best. And if you're able to make this contribution and contribute towards this impact upon um, what you wish to see in the people in the world around you, you will feel fulfilled. You will have a life that matters, a life filled with purpose. Um, and articulating it, taking your experiences of when you felt at your best, finding those themes and patterns because we each have our own unique version of that and putting it into words just makes it all the more easy to act upon it, to do it on purpose. The words that we use are a vehicle to help us understand our purpose, our why, when we're at our best. It makes it easier for us to realize it with clarity and it helps others realize who we are, our brand, if you will, but who we are at our best with clarity. And as we know it, 
were able to live it on purpose and to scale it and to have greater impact. And then others know who we are and what we stand for. And more opportunities arise because we know who we are and others know who we are. Okay, Stephen, I, you gave me a lot to chew on in Lip Talk Nation right here because you, you explained something so complex and made it simple for us to understand. So you described, you know, that question that people get all the time, how do you know you're in love or why do you love that person? And you have these people, we don't know how to answer. I mean, I, I admit I was one of those until I started on the journey like you have, discovering on why I do things and doing things on purpose. And you mentioned the limbic system, which was my next question, and you already answered it, but you said to continue to reflect, then you can be at your best and live out your purpose to articulate. So it's all about the reflection. So in this limbic system, can you just define it in two sentences or three sentences for us, what that exactly is? One more time. Sure. So the the limbic system is the part of our brain that is responsible for our emotions and decision-making. But yet, there are very few neural connections between another big part of our brain called the neocortex. And the neocortex is responsible for all of our data. It makes us great intellectual species, and it also holds our language. It enables us to communicate like we're doing now. But the limbic system houses all of our emotions and has no capacity for language. So one of the things, because you asked about in our workshops, when we work with this limbic system and we help a group of people, a team, or individuals discover their why, one of the tools we open them up to is something that we call PAR. So in our world, we're always evaluated on our results, our, our results. Very important. It's how we know if we're doing well. Hopefully those results are measurements of, of something that relates to what makes us not only um, make money, but also feel successful. When we look to our results and we want to influence them, the first place that we go is to our actions. Um, what are the behaviors, what are the actions that we can change and do to achieve different results? But very seldomly do we look at something that actually can influence this entire equation of actions, results, actions, results, and that's our perceptions. If we look at our perceptions, we look at our beliefs and our values, which we seldomly do because it's harder to do. It's hard to put those perceptions and values and feelings into words. But if we do, it can actually transform the entire equation and even challenge are the things that we're measuring, the results, are they accurate metrics of what our perceptions of success truly are? So that's something that we introduce in our workshops that helps build the context for us to go into talking about something called the limbic system. Uh, this, again, is, is very eye-opening to me, and I hope Lip Talk Nation, you're taking notes on this, because it, I love that you just said it. it is that perception where our beliefs and values are held. And like you said, it's harder to do, Stephen, but if we do this, that I'm finding for myself that we can transform the entire equation. And that is our motto, our purpose here for Life in Purple is all about perception, taking that negative talk and that muscle memory we have and to turn it into positive. Because like you said, Stephen, we are designed to serve. We are designed with a purpose. So thank you for explaining that. And I love that you're doing workshops on this and spreading the news. So Stephen, what obstacles do most people have to overcome or corporations even have to overcome to finally articulate and define their why? Great question. And I mean, first of all, the obvious is it's limbic. <laughs> so 
it takes time and it takes patience. The only thing you need to discover your why is the desire, the true, genuine desire to put it into words, to have that wish that you want to know what it is and you want to use it. The why is always about service to others. We find many individuals and many organizations, they try to articulate a convenient why. They try to articulate a why coming from how can I create a purpose statement that fits nicely with what I do in my business or what I do for work, but it doesn't work that way. That's just creating a nice tagline, but it, it lacks the depth that is needed to feel a genuine connection to what your purpose is. The why of an organization and a why of an individual has to do with everything. It has to do with, for an individual, it's who you are as a friend, as a son or daughter, as a parent, as someone in the community, in your philanthropic endeavors, and of course, in your work. As an organization, your why has to do with not just your customers and the people you serve on the outside. First and foremost, your why has to do with who you are on the inside and what defines you at your best when you show up to live in service to the people to the left of you and the people to the right of you. I just did a workshop with an organization last week close to Portland, Oregon, and it's a small company based out of Hood River, Oregon, actually. And they spoke about some of the amazing solutions they pioneered for their customers. But I really got alive when they told me the story of how when one of their team members, one of their employees had a fire in their house, how the organization came together and rallied to find solutions and to innovate solutions to help this person be okay during this tough time in their in their life in this tragedy. And so for organizations, they try to create these sentences that make perfect sense for their customers, but they ignore the contribution they can make to positively impact the lives of their people. 100% of your employees are people. 100% of your customers are people. Our why always has to do to do about service to our people, service to our tribe. And so um, those are a few a few challenges. But first and foremost, you have to have a desire. You have to commit to it. You can't be desperate. You've got to let it be able to come, and you have to give it the time and patience to breathe, and then the genuine desire to live it, which it has to do everything about service to others. Uh, and nothing to do with profit. Profit is just a result of what you're doing has value. It has to be about service to others. Okay, Stephen, I feel like I'm getting a free mentor session with you right now of all the things that you just said about defining your why and the, the obstacles that people and corporations have to overcome. And basically, you said you need to first have that desire. And you mentioned how people out there, some corporations, you know, come up with a statement out of convenience to try to appeal to people or please people and it really is and I'm holding on to this and Lip Talk Nation I hope that you are holding on to this as Stephen just said your why should be service to others now you help people expand on that I know Stephen but I really want Lip Talk Nation to understand because some of them are coming from brokenness and they're they're just now discovering what their purpose is in life and and I want them to understand how simple that was that you just explained. Desire and then commitment and service to others. And then your statement or your why will follow. Wow. Okay, so I'm still reflecting on that. So what's that moment like, Stephen, when someone or you discover an organization defines their why for the first time? Yeah, well, so 
there's no one standard reaction, but in the tens and hundreds of, of individual and organizational wide discoveries that, that I've personally done and have witnessed, I'd say there's sort of three basic reactions. And all of them for me make me feel like I'm doing and have done work that matters, that is meaningful, and that hopefully will help move these individuals and these groups of people towards fulfillment in their own lives for themselves and for those around them. But the the typical reactions that I see, the greatest one is sort of positive astonishment and a big yes of, oh my God, that's it. And like excitement and clarity and even sparks and inspiration moving into action of clear ideas of what they now need to start, what they need to continue doing and what they need to stop doing in order to live their lives say and do things that they actually believe. That's what authenticity is, saying and doing what you actually believe. So that's one, and that's fun. Another one I'd say is more depth, uh, deep reflection. It's clarity as well, but instead of a big yes and a big standing ovation and, oh, my God, it's more – it's funny, I'm thinking about this in, in terms of colors. The positive astonishment big yes one is like is orange. It's optimistic. It's bright. It speaks about the future. This next one, this sort of deep reflection is more the color of blue. It's emotional. Instead of you jumping up and yelling and fist pumping, it's more you sit back in your seat and think more deeply. And this, and, and the third one that I often see is similar to deep reflection, but it isn't necessarily positive. It's actually more troubling. And people realize that, yes, this is my why, or I think it is, but there's actually fear. And there's actually a realization that they've perhaps strayed off the path and the gap that exists between what their true why is and the life or organization that they're a part of or have created, that they've strayed off course. The thing with the why is it isn't an invention. It's a discovery. It is taking who you are and who you are at your best and putting it into words. We're not discovering anything new. We're putting into words, into language, who you already are. And so it's typically a very moving experience because seldomly do we take the time to reflect, not just on our own. We can't really do a why discovery on our own. You can't look in the mirror and go, Laura, what's my why? The response is usually a swear word. When we do our why, we have to do it with other people because we cannot be objective with ourselves. We rely upon others to help us put to words what our emotions are through reflection. We need others to act as our mirrors. We can't really put a mirror up to ourselves as easily. And so, yeah, we discover something that we already know. And it's usually those three reactions that I see. Stephen, I wish you could see me right now. I am nodding my head yes, agreeing with everything that you're saying because this is exactly, I've experienced all three of these myself, you know, positive astonishment. Oh, I found my why. And then I found myself reflecting on it and then the fear because I knew I wanted to do something about it and I have, it took me too long, I believe, to discover it. However, I love that you said you can't do it on your own to discover that why. And I've got to tell you, Stephen, the reason why Life in Purple was started, was born, was because I listened to Simon Sinek start with why over and over and over and over again until I almost had it memorized. And so you guys are a big part of why Life in Purple started. And so um, I want to say thank you. But I know that 
you know, it's hard overcoming these personal obstacles that people have. But I want to know, have you had to overcome any personal obstacles, Stephen, along the way that helped you realize that it was about serving people and helping others? Absolutely. I'm happy to share that. And before I do, I just want to say thank you to you, Laura, and your team and Lip Talk Nation. We, we may be part of leading this movement, but for a movement to exist, it must belong to those people who choose to join it. And when people choose to join it and make the movement a part of their own cause, a part of their own movement, that's when we can really have an impact. And so it's an honor and it's so amazing to hear stories like yours where you've used Simon's work to not only get it yourself, but to get it to give it. Get it so that you can give what you have to inspire and serve others. That's what it's all about. So um, <laughs> I like to say I'm rubber and you're glue. Whatever you say, I absorb, I appreciate, and it bounces back and sticks to you. That uh, the, the thankfulness that, that you have can only be rivaled with the thankfulness that, that we have. And rival is not the right words, but we, I appreciate and we appreciate all that you're doing, all that you and your team are doing to contribute to the movement to inspire. So thank you. A couple other things that I can just share is I, I mentioned my overcoming a speech impediment and a stutter. And quite frankly, it was, it was more so overcoming. I know we've spoken about this, but the negative self-talk and the lack of confidence. Fortunately for me, my stutter was never terrible, but yet it certainly got in the way of me showing up and living fully. You know, I was the type of kid and teenager that wouldn't raise their hand in class for fear of embarrassment, of stuttering. And so it was definitely holding me back. And it wasn't until I had a really awful experience in grade six in a French class where I did stutter in front of the entire room, I realized I had a problem. And that's step one, <laughs> is realizing you have a problem. And I finally got the help that I needed. I went to a program, a stuttering school, one called the Speech and Stuttering Institute, which is a world-class organization here in Toronto, and one that I'm a big supporter of. And through practice and through taking little steps and risks, I built my confidence. Um, and it wasn't until I gave that talk in Dennis Shackle's class where I was no longer speaking just for myself, I was speaking to serve others, that I was hooked. And I now, I knew, I now knew that my, there was something more important than my fear, which was really inspiring for me. And so, yeah, it was practice and it was confidence. The other thing that has been a personal obstacle for me just with my personality, my personality type is I want to be well-liked. I want to be liked by people, which can sometimes be great, sometimes can get in the way. And so for me, especially when I'm around people who I really want to like me, like when I was building a relationship with, with Simon Sinek, I really wanted him to, to approve me and to like me. Sometimes I would show up to prove as opposed to showing up to improve. And so that's been a huge journey for me, especially when there are people that I admire and respect is showing up not to look good, but showing up to improve, to learn. And uh, yeah, showing up so that the reason they inspire me, I can actually use it to serve and inspire others and not just act up to, to them. So that's been a personal obstacle for me. And I mean, I still stutter at times and I still show up to prove sometimes instead of improving, but it's a constant journey. And the best way to get over personal struggles is to help others get over those same struggles. That's step 12, by the way, in the famous 12-step program. Step one is admitting you have a problem. And step 12 is helping others move through similar problems that you've overcome. And that's how you can beat anything. Stephen, I, again, am so thankful for you sharing this part of you, your vulnerability of the stuttering. But I can totally relate to you wanting 
people to like you. You talk about how you met Simon and all you wanted to do was to prove to him that you were worth liking. But the lesson that you're learning, and I hope that Lip Talk Nation grabs a hold of this, is to show up to improve, not to prove. And that resonates with me so much, Stephen, on a personal level. So thank you for that, because I definitely am overcoming this as well. So ever since uh, I heard about Start With Why, I simply can't get enough, like I said, of Simon's TED Talk, you know, Start With Why, and your YouTube videos and podcasts. So what I'm saying is that you are one of my heroes, Stephen. Thank you so much. So will you share with us and Lip Talk Nation who has inspired you to do more or who are some of your heroes? Well, that's very, very kind. I'm a, I'm a big believer that courage is not something that simply comes from within us. Courage is something that comes from other people, whether we know them personally or not. I mean, we, we can look up to somebody that we've never met and they can provide us with courage and with inspiration. Obviously, I've mentioned uh, Dennis Shackle quite a bit, but I, I think the person who inspires me the most uh, is my grandfather. I call him my Zadie Ben. And um, he was the one that when I was, gosh, in my early 20s and sitting in a career path that I was hating and for the first time in my life wasn't motivated to do a good job and I first felt that it was something wrong with me as opposed to something wrong with the situation. I literally thought about my grandfather and I thought about where he was in his life at that time. So I was, gosh, I must have been 24 years old or something at the time. And I thought about where he was when he was 24 years old. And he was in the countryside of Poland, hiding from Nazi Germany. He was leading his family, nine of them, his wife, his brothers and sisters, and his brother-in-law. He was leading them. He was leading a group of them uh, in hiding to survive. And fortunately, my grandfather, my lady, was very open speaking about his experience in the Holocaust. And his journey was one of heroism. He escaped from prison. He fortunately didn't, never went to a horrific death camp or concentration camp. And he was the survivor. And he led his family to surviving this horrible war and the Holocaust um, and this discrimination. And I thought of him and I thought of what he was doing. Fortunately, got to learn so much about his story because he was very open about it. And so I thought of him and I thought for the benefit of his legacy, I must do something that I am both proud of and that contributes to and progresses humanity. And so because of his courage, of the way he led his life, I decided to have some courage as well and go out just because that was the best thing to do. And fortunately, I've joined forces with Simon and, and our team at Start With Why. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, did you hear what Stephen just said? He's a big believer that courage comes from other people and not just within yourself. And so he talks about the support system and what a great example you had, Stephen, with your grandfather. And I love how you reflected upon his own age when he was 24 and how what he had to survive and what he had to do. And now you want to carry on that legacy. So Lip Talk Nation, so important to have heroes and a good support system so that you can have the courage to continue on. So, okay, Stephen, I want to know what your morning routine looks like because we're big fans here of affirmations, you know, talking positively to ourselves. So I want to know if that consists of, you know, saying your own mission statement every morning before you get out of bed or what does your morning routine look like? 
<laughs> Thank you. I, I stay so positive because of the, the hope and optimism of the people I get to spend time with every day, whether it's people like you, Laura, the clients that we work with that are striving to do amazing work beyond the bottom line. They're striving to do work that positively impacts the lives of people, both inside their organization and outside. And I have an amazing supportive team who's an extension of my family, that we care about each other. We care about each other's lives more than we care about each other's jobs. And that's really special. I'm I'm not much of an affirmation or, or meditation person myself. I've tried it. But for me, what helps the most is people. I mean, I, I have some and reminders. We carry little tokens of inspiration and I keep my why to engage people in meaningful ways. I live in a more fulfilled world. I keep it everywhere. Simon, on his mirror in his washroom in the morning, it says, you are going to inspire someone today. So it is valuable to keep these words and these symbols and these things that inspire us around us. Okay, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more when it is definitely about people and, you know, carrying that token around it, wherever you go, it's just a reminder for you. So I want Lip Talk Nation to really grab a hold of this because if you're not constantly being reminded, it's easy to forget to inspire. So thank you for sharing this part of, of your story with us. So what is one thing, Stephen, that you would love the listeners to understand about inspiring others? So the the one thing that sticks out is that our society has it a little bit wrong right now. Uh, if you go to the bookstore... Um, the section that you will find for books like Simon's books and books about fulfillment and success, you'll find them in a section called self-help. But what we know about feelings of success and fulfillment, we know that it always has to do about our contribution to serve the people around us. And so instead of, you know, seven tips to lose 10 pounds and keep it off, it should be seven tips to help your friends lose 10 pounds and keep it off. Because the trick is, when you help another, you will do it and overcome it yourself. And so we believe in a world where the self-help section disappears and it becomes the help others. Because when you live in service to others, you live in service to yourself. Okay, I'm reflecting on that right now. Instead of self-help, you want, you know, help others. That's that's such a resonating thing with me. And Lip Talk Nation it is about that. You just mentioned it shouldn't be seven steps to losing weight, but it should be seven steps to help your friend lose weight. Because in that process, you will not only help them, but you help yourself. So what an important and valuable lesson that you just pointed out, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. So now we're moving on to what we call our lightning round, Stephen, which is I'm going to ask you a couple questions and I would love for you just to answer the first thing that pops to your mind and it's called getting to know you on a personal level. So Stephen, are you ready? Yeah, I feel like there, there should be some theme music like do 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 lightning round. We're, we're into it. <laughs> I love it. All right. So if you could have a superpower, Stephen, what would it be? I would say pause time. Ooh, pause time is awesome. Sweet. All right, so how do you like your coffee? Just with a bit of 1% milk. Ah, I like it. All right, Lip Talk Nation, 1% milk in your coffee. All right, Stephen, now it's time for your most embarrassing moment. So I think this was grade six. I was in French class. In Canada, you have to take French up until grade 10, I believe. I then dropped it as quick as I could, which I regret a little bit. But uh, I had a stutter, and I was reading in class, uh, in front of the entire class. We were sort of snaking through the, the class, and each person would read a paragraph or two. 
and I came across this word très, which means very. It's like the third word you learn in French. And I couldn't say it. It was stuck at the end of my tongue. And I felt like I had a Chinese finger trap over my fingers. And the harder I tried to force the word out, or the harder I tried to pull my fingers out, the harder it was to say the word. Um, and I, after seven seconds of deathly silence, um, my French teacher said, Stephen, what's the matter? And I looked up and I said, I can't pronounce the word. And she said, you can't pronounce très? And I said, nope. And she skipped to the next person and I felt totally dejected. Um, but it, fortunately, I went home that day and I said to my mom, mom, I've got a problem and I want your help. And we enrolled myself into stutter camp that summer. And it was the journey for me toward overcoming my stutter. And the trick was, it was because I was helping others in the same class overcome theirs as well. So well, that's, there you go. That's very admirable, Stephen, to be in that grade, sixth grade. That's a young age to realize that you needed help. So, I mean, you're taking your most embarrassing moment, certainly helping so many people now, Stephen. So I just want to say thank you again for sharing that with us. All right, so are you a soccer guy or a football guy? Uh, neither but football. <laughs> neither but football. Okay, I love it. That our American listeners will love it as well. Woohoo! Mm. All right, so what is your favorite movie? I'm a baseball guy, so Field of Dreams is my favorite movie. Field of Dreams. That is a good movie. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. And last but not least of the getting to know you on a personal level question, Stephen, there's much debate about this. How does your toilet paper roll? Is it top or is it bottom? Totally top. And if it isn't top, I will even move it around so it is top. I don't know why. I'm just a, I'm just a top guy. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love this answer. I love all the answers, but my husband is the exact same way. So I want you to know you're not alone. So that's mm. awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen, for sharing, you know, your story with us. So do you have any final advice for our listeners who are struggling to define their own why? Yeah, I, I say don't go it alone. Um, You've again to discover one's to discover your why. It's never an individual pursuit. You've got to do it with the help of others. And if you're struggling to define and discover your own why, a little head fake, a little a little trick is focus on helping others discover and live their why. And in doing so, you'll actually be living your why. And the words will come through your own reflections and from the reflections of others based on the positive impact that you have on them and their lives. So if you can't discover it, focus on helping others discover theirs. Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? Steven said, if you're having trouble defining your why, you don't have to make it so difficult. You just start helping others. So that's such an important a valuable tip just in this part of the episode alone. Again, Stephen, thank you so much for letting us get to know you as a successful entrepreneur and also on a deeper level. I know that your story has been an inspiration to myself and Lip Talk Nation. So will you share with us where we can find out more about you and start with why? Absolutely. And thank you again for the opportunity to share this message and for what you and Lip Talk Nation are doing to ensure that the message to inspire others goes further and wider and, and deeper. So amazing. You can find us at startwithywhy.com. And there's actually an amazing online why discovery course that you can take there as well. 
or Simon guides you step-by-step through online videos um, and interactive exercises to help you discover and articulate your why. And the trick is, is you have to work with a partner. You can't do it alone, a partner of your choosing. But yeah, you can check us out, startwithwhy.com. I tweet thoughts in 140 characters or less at Steve Shedd. Uh, and you can find Simon at Simon Sinek, and we're on Facebook at Simon Sinek as well. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. There's going to be so much feedback. I cannot wait to hear what people have to say about their whys and discovering. So thank you for sharing where we can find out more about you and the startwithwhy.com campaign. So thank you again, Stephen, for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been a pleasure, Stephen, hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed today's episode or one of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And for Android users, send me a quick email to laura at laurasprag.com. We appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become. <laughs>